Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to yet another episode of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast on the planet. Some people don't get that joke. Look, this podcast has been going for a long time, about four years now, which is kind of nuts. <laughs> you think I'd be doing better. Um, and it was just back then there were so many wrestling podcasts. And although I did want to start one because it's really fun to talk about wrestling, I was like, man, it is a little bit, well, a little bit ridiculous that somebody else is throwing um, their name into the ring. But hey-ho, first and foremost, I want to apologize that we didn't get an episode done last week. I'm not going to BS you or not give you the honest and transparent answer. I had some personal problems I had to sort out. Now, I shouldn't talk about this because I bet the person still listens. We know what trolls on the internet are like, and he'll be smiling with his you know, face like the Joker when he hears I've actually um, reported on this. But it's not for him. It's not for goofs like that. It's for other people that may query where the podcast goes. Now, I never want to miss a podcast ever. And there was a time when we were doing two a week, and I much preferred that. But unfortunately, other things I'm not going to get into now because I just don't think you care. You don't need to hear about it on a wrestling podcast. I shouldn't even be talking about this. Uh, started to get in the way. Now, the way that my life works is that, yes, I do a lot of work for what culture, and I'm very, very happy and very, very... Um, Uh, grateful for for the opportunity that I get there. But obviously, that is not my company. And I work off, uh, well, I work off a contract, essentially. When it comes to my own stuff, which I am trying to grow and I am trying to get better, and which the Patreon does support, patreon.com for Simon316, you know, I do control that. I am the CEO. I am the boss. So when things do crop up in my personal life, unfortunately, and again, I'd much rather it wasn't this way, that's the first thing that I have to sacrifice because unless I'm going to yell at myself, (laughs) which I don't intend to do, it just makes sense. And that's just life. Sometimes things come up in life. And, you know, there will be times where I won't be able to do certain what culture videos again because of things that come up. But ultimately, if I don't do anything, I don't get paid. You know, I'm not on a uh, like I'm I'm a freelancer. That's my job. My job is a freelancer. So my work is done or my payment is done on the work that I produce as it should be. That's how the whole system is operated. But I do want people to know that I do care about this. And again, I do want to grow it. I do want to be consistent and I want to give. You know, I want to give the people, the people, you, fans, whatever, what you're expecting. And that is very, very important to me. So, yeah, basically, I know what they were doing. I'm sure they just spent all of their time winding people up. But they got me at a particularly sensitive moment. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to address this at the start of the show. And just know, if an episode doesn't come up, I haven't just gone, I can't be bothered. I love to work. Like, as most people in my life tell me, I probably work too much. But that's because I feel very, again, I feel very blessed and very grateful for the opportunity. I get to sit here. I could be naked right now, for all you know. But I get to sit here and I get to rant and rave about professional wrestling. You know what I mean? If you had told me that when I was 13 years old, I would have done a backflip. But, you know, if you just support me by downloading this or listening or streaming, or if you are a member of the patron, I want you to know that your time and your finances, if you have given that to me, I don't take that lightly at all. And hopefully... Uh, you have got to know me to a certain extent over the last few months, years, weeks, whatever it may be. Because I, again, I try and wear my heart on my sleeve. I try and be as honest as possible because I think to be successful in the field that I'm in, influencer, content creator, I hate all of those terms, but hey-ho, we know what they're talking about. I think you have to be that way. You're trying to tie it back into wrestling. I think it's one of the reasons, aside from being crazy talented, why Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, kind of changed the industry as they did. Like I've been reading their book and... You know, they followed so many of the paths that at the time you were told not to take. And I think, again, a huge reason for that was the way they embraced social media, the way they embraced the fans. Uh, they would just reply to people as if they were normal dudes, which of course they are, but we're always going to put them up on a pedestal to a certain extent because we look up to them as wrestlers and as heroes and as people that are entertaining us. And, you know, you, you can't get to that point again unless you've got the skills, but they also had the acumen and the... Well, just the want to do that. And I to- I think that's kind of how AEW feels. It feels like a company for for its audience, which means you do get 
the passion as we do. I mean, sometimes the passion gets too much and you get people just tearing you down on the internet. My favorite part of the week is uh, if you saw TLC 2020 ups and downs, I gave it all ups because I watched it. I was like, is it the best pay-per-view of the year? No, but I was sports entertained. I think that it over-delivered. And the only thing that kind of made me roll my eyes was the parody that Sami Zayn did on the whole Tom Cruise skit. That's not worthy enough for a down. Like, that's being a dick, right? That's just kicking something for the sake of kicking it. Uh, And then people were still like... (laughs) <laughs> you're so biased Miller you're so biased to AEW it's like what can I possibly do in this year um the, all three major shows if we want to call NXT WWE and AEW the three major brands I know that NXT is under the WWE banner but they do kind of portray it as its own thing they all at least once I think AEW twice maybe even three times there is biased done I think NXT actually did it a couple of times too managed to do clean sweeps and ups and downs. And I don't think it's that... I, look, I like to treat it as kind of a bigger deal because I think it makes it more fun. And, you know, if something really irks me, I'm not not going to give it a down just because I think, you know, I want to give it all up. So I'm not saying that. But you have to earn it. You have to earn your up and you have to earn your down, which is something else that people talk about too. Man, I've gone on. But sometimes people say, oh, Millie, you talked about that skit and you liked it. You didn't give it an up. Yeah, because it could be like a two-minute skit. That's not worthy of up or down. You earn your up and you earn your down. Now let's talk about Randy Orton burning a man on fire that was fun wasn't it <laughs> i do like how wwe always finds a way to divide its audience i never thought that in a million years i thought we'd open with the tlc match i thought we'd close with a tlc match just to keep them separate you know i get that kind of structuring but no i knew something was up when we ended with the firefly funhouse inferno match i was just like okay well we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't going to go off the air with something big and it would have been very hard for the commentators and everyone just to have been like oh we burnt a dude <laughs> let's just carry on wrestling i really want that world championship and I, I think you already know my opinions on this even if you haven't watched any of my review stuff the goofiness in professional wrestling is what i love not the most you know when you have a serious angle that you can truly believe in that's the best stuff but i don't want it to go away You know, there are people out there that say wrestling should only be this and they pigeonhole it and they put it into a box. But it should be the complete opposite to that because you can do whatever you want as long as everybody involved says yes because you're working together, right? It's a collaboration. It's a performance. So if you want Randy to burn the fiend... And it's also WWE taking advantage of the situation. You wouldn't be able to do this if you were in a live arena with fans, etc., etc. They obviously pre-recorded it. They obviously switched it around and so on and so forth. And I think, look, sooner or later, fans are going to be back. And that's going to help professional wrestling no end, right? It's the environment that it needs to thrive in. But if you can cut some, not even cut some corners, just take advantage, like I say, of the world that we're living in, you should. And, you know, it's why when Kane got set on fire... Uh, in uh, what I can't remember, Unforgiven, whenever it was in the late 90s. And he just ran to the back because they had to put his arm out. <laughs> and then when he got set on fire again, because it was Kane versus Bray Wyatt in Bray Wyatt's debut match at SummerSlam 2014. Again, it was all it was all very quick. I can't remember how that one ended. I mean, Bray Wyatt must have won, but who even knows? Whereas here, you could set a guy on fire, he got RKO'd, and then we could literally burn him. It all really really depends on what the story is. I don't buy into this, oh, WWE is so desperate. Mother Hubbards, they burnt The Undertaker in 1998. They set that casket alight. They electrocuted somebody's balls. This year alone, they threw a couple of people off a roof. It's not like we haven't done this, you know, done this stuff before. But it all depends on what the end game is. I thought it was kind of silly not to start Raw talking about that. I mean, I think you absolutely should have done. Because I know you want to keep the audience, right? That's why you don't. You want to keep the audience guessing. And it didn't work. The ratings came out. Not that I'm, I'm happy about that. I'd rather it would have worked. But, you know, Charlotte Flair had a big return. That was all well and good. But it was not the thing that people were talking about. And I always think you should put your, your best foot forward. But if this gives Bray Wyatt and The Fiend uh, kind of a different spin, I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing, right? WWE in the Bray Wyatt booking situation is just, well, it's just not been ideal. It's like you've got this really interesting character. You can call him the next variation of The Undertaker, although I think there's a lot of caveats to that. But he's never really had a defining feud that he's come out the other end on as the victor. And that's what you need. Like The Undertaker was so protected for, you know, the first decade of his career, really, and throughout, you know, the rest of it, too. You know, you can count sort of the major losses he had on one hand. And while that was, again, good and bad, pros and cons, what it did do is it turned him into the phenom. You know, it made that gimmick, it made that character real. And Bray Wyatt's never done that. He talks a good game and he's so good when he comes up with his personas and his characters. But, you know, where's the big win? Where's the, uh, even when he won the... 
the Universal Championship, much like Braun Strowman in this year, it didn't really feel like he was the Universal Champion. And I think the issue there is, while you could probably point to some of the Undertaker's reigns and stay the same, he still carried that aura, again, because he was always protected, and I don't think Bray Wyatt is. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. If there was an odd break there, it's because my dentist phoned me. <laughs> there you go, you see? Honesty and transparency. But I was like, man, the flow's going to be gone. I was ranting or raving about Bray Wyatt, I would just, uh, I would just tell you. But uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. And yeah, overall, I thought TLC was really, really good. I really, really did. Like, it was just easy to watch. And it's kind of a shame that we had that Raw coming off the back of it, which, you know, the rumor all week had been, oh, WWE, they got the message because we had the lowest Raw rating ever last week, which I can kind of understand. It was, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to come firing back. And we just had another episode of Raw. Like, we really, really did. There was nothing to write home about at all. And if we do want to start talking about what WWE has to do, I don't even think they need to look that far. Just look at SmackDown, right? <laughs> SmackDown is a great show. Uh, it got taped either today or yesterday because uh, there's spoilers out there right now should you be so inclined. I'm not going to talk about them. not going to talk about them. We'll, we'll hold off. Um, you know, I know people like to, they like to live day to day in professional wrestling, of course, but it sounds like another decent show. One thing made me raise an eyebrow. Uh, I didn't mean to read them, by the way. Somebody just tweeted them and it was too late and I was like, ah, oh, screw it. I much rather go into these things completely blind, but that's the you know, that's the world we live in. I'm not overly I'm not overly shocked, um, but you know it, most of the time the stories they have on there are really 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 good. Now in terms of overlaying things that they probably need to do, this, the structure of the show just needs to change. Like what's the first thing we saw on Raw? Out comes Charlotte Flair to cut a promo. And you're like, man, I've seen this, I've seen this a thousand times, and while it's kind of interesting to see which direction they're going to take Charlotte, you know, who's she going to feud with, and so on and so forth. It, we've been doing it since the promo by Vince McMahon, which, by the way, was 23 years ago in December recently. Uh, the one where, I think it was 1997. It must have been, yeah. It was the one where Vince McMahon says, we think that uh, you know, good guys and bad guys are most definitely passe. And the fact that we're still having that conversation now, well, I guess no, you can't say that because it worked that time, right? They embraced the attitude era. Everything was different. I do not think we should go back to the Attitude Era. Like another rumor then broke saying, oh, USA wants more dark, edgy content. I was like, really? I saw a man get thrown off the roof and his eye get pulled out in 2020. I don't think dark, edgy content is the direction we need to go in. The direction we need to go in is, A, yes, we need a structure change. We absolutely do. It can't just be opening match promo, build to your main event, match, 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 you know, promo backstage, backstage. Those elements are always going to be there because they are the fundamentals of professional wrestling. But just come up with new ways to do them. Come up with different ways to start the show. You know, don't just always fall back into your pattern because that's the way we've always done it. That's no fun. And it does get boring. If you watch any other TV show that had been on television every single week, it's just your brain will shut down if you start to be able to predict the things that are going to happen. And, you know, SmackDown's no different, really. Again, that could go through a little bit of a spruce up, too. But you do have good stories like Kevin Owens and um, and, and Roman Reigns and the Jey Uso stuff. It's really, really good. It's really, really, really interesting. And you know that you can poke holes in it in the sense that Kevin Owens kind of got massacred <laughs> both in the lead up and at the show but it's made me like the Kevin Owens character even more I root for him even more it's made me think that Roman Reigns quiet in case he's around is a proper sociopath and they also much like AEW are doing with Hangman Page just to give you an idea of you know things that both promotions are doing well Jey Uso is a bad guy but I, I, I see him as a good guy because I feel like he's only doing the things that he's doing to get the respect of Roman Reigns, to live up to his cousin's wants. Whereas deep down, I think he's Darth Vader, right? He's Darth Vader. And there's a reason Darth Vader worked 30 years ago. And there's a reason why Darth Vader would work now because it is nuanced and it is different. It doesn't mean I think you have to have shades of grey for all characters. You know, if you want to go back further than that, every great story ever has had heroes and villains and you need to stick with that. But then... You should always pick one guy to fall into in, into that into that space. So this is what Raw really really needs. I mean, if we just go through the TLC match really and the fallout from it, like Drew McIntyre's the other big one, right? Miz cashes in his money in the bank, costs AJ Styles, and it, it, it seemed at first we were going to do the Miz versus AJ Styles feud. Okay, not massively something I was excited about, but at least it makes sense. I could explain that to someone in a few seconds who'd never watched wrestling before. But then when all of a sudden Miz is going, oh, I'm going to get my money in the bank briefcase back, it's like you got to let it lie. It was a mistake to take it off Otis, in my opinion, given that the money in the bank should be to build new stars. But whatever, man. You made the choice, gave it to The Miz. The Miz doesn't need to be world champion, right? He's got tenure. He's got... Well, he doesn't think he's got respect, but I believe that he does. And so right away, I was like, okay, we've just fallen back into the same thing that we were doing before. Drew McIntyre winning. Excellent. 
you know, easily one of the highlights of 2020, has embraced this rule, this role better than maybe even some expected. I mean, it all ends with a, an appearance on the Stone Cold Sessions, whatever the hell he calls it. Really interesting, really good. You should watch that too. Again, makes him more of a likable character, which is his, you know, what he's meant to be doing. And you kind of then get the whole thing with Seamus and Keith Lee on the next night on Raw. Now, there are, I don't want to say issues, that's unfair, but there are problems with that in the sense, why would Seamus and Keith Lee all of a sudden be friends after three or four weeks? Keith Lee has gone up to Seamus and gone, I think you're a dirty liar. And Seamus has gone, well, you're probably right. But I get they did try and justify it. Drew McIntyre was trying to keep them together. And I like the fact that they all fell out. You know, we're slowly building the Drew versus Seamus stuff. I wouldn't even mind if we don't turn Seamus properly and they just have a match. Again, that would be different. You don't always have to fall back into that thing. Maybe Keith Lee is the guy that turns heel. It doesn't really matter at the moment because we don't have fans live in the arena. So as long as you can come up with good narrative beats and make them sensical, you know, I'll double down on that and that's all good. But I enjoyed seeing those three guys together. So there is some kind of intrigue there. But the fact that <laughs> this is the first thing that, and I know it's nothing new to us wrestling fans. I know the Wrestling Observer talked about it and so on and so forth. But my mates that come and go from wrestling, or a lot of them sort of watch the Twitter clips and YouTube, the first thing they said to me is, Miller, why is there a street fight and everyone's tagging in and out? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me. But I would much rather Drew McIntyre, Sheamus and Keith Lee spun off and then AJ Styles and The Miz did their own thing. And we just leave the briefcase. Admittedly, we probably haven't had a good uh, Money in the Bank run since Seth Rollins in, well, WrestleMania 31, whenever that was, a few years ago. 2016, was it? 15? I can't remember. It's a shame because it's a really good mechanic and I do kind of feel like it's entered Raw Rumble territory now where you can botch it, for lack of a better term, and people will still be interested in the next year round because they know what is possible. But I don't think you need to keep going back down to that well. We'll have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, we kind of went the other way with some programs too. I was not into the Sasha Banks Carmella stuff. Going back to sort of good guys and bad guys. I thought they were both absolute assholes. <laughs> like Carmella, obviously intentional. Sasha Bonks kind of has to be. Bonks. Sasha Bonks. There you go. Sasha Banks kind of has to be because her character is the boss. Maybe we need kind of a few little tweaks there. But she can't pander to the fans because we did that before and it didn't work. But the match was awesome. I thought it was like a really good match. Easily uh, Carmella's best performance. And I don't say that in a detrimental way. I'm just saying it was her best match. And it takes two to tango. So you can't just put it on Sasha Banks. But yeah, really, really like that. Um, I don't know what they're going to do on SmackDown, even though I did sort of see that tweet. Again, I didn't read all of it. I just saw certain certain factors. I would guess that they're probably going to continue that on, even though I'd rather they didn't. Uh, I think, you know, one, I don't I hate comparing the two, but you have to, right? You, you, you do it with sports teams. You do it in wrestling. One of the things I really enjoy about AEW is they don't smash you over the head with the same program over and over again. You know, John Moxley loses to, to Kenny Omega, but the next week, you know, we're not doing that match again. And that's the same with the TNT title and most of their major stars. I don't need to see Sasha Banks and Carmella again. We had a mini program out of it. Kind of weird to, you know, debut Carmella as a new character and then have her lose. But she had to. Like, Sasha Banks needs a long title reign to establish all of that. But it was good for what it was. And now hopefully we can kind of do stuff, you know, on the other side. The only thing I am worried about is the whole Charlotte Flair and, and Oscar being the tag team champions. And it's nothing to do with Charlotte Flair. I think Charlotte Flair gets a really, really harsh rap on the internet. I don't know why people are so against her. But look, man, you're allowed your opinion. I'm not going to crap on you you for that. I guess it's just a Roman Reigns situation where maybe it's sort of, you know, round pegs in, in square holes. But it, the, the issue is that the women's tag team championship once again are being overshadowed by the women's title. And that should be the case if you're going to do it. The women's title always has to be the, the star on top of a tree. But when Charlotte Flair has come back after six months and won the tag titles, and the first thing she does is turn to Oscar and say, look, I only helped you out because I want something. Oh, it's that other belt. How can you care about you know th this set of titles? You just wouldn't. Even more so when all the other tag teams in the division just lose, you know? Look on Raw, Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans, which is a bizarre tag team because you had the Iconics and they were more than fine. They lost. You know, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, they come back. They lost. So the only real... I mean, you could say the Riot Squad because they've been being pushed, but really, no, come on now. You know, they haven't been given any kind of credibility, which again, isn't their fault. So the only two teams you have are Oscar and Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. It's just, and it shouldn't be happening because Oscar and Charlotte Flair, if that's the feud you want to do and you want to build to WrestleMania, they should be doing that. And then Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler should be going in a different direction. It's just how I feel about it. And I, 
I know we've done this with the men's world title before too, but I never felt like it extended to as long because we're kind of doing the same thing now as we did with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Like I remember when Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels were tag champs before uh, they did it. John Cena did it with somebody too. I can't remember who that was. So we have done it, but it never muddied the waters too much. And I think that there is enough. I think the, the WWE women's roster is awesome. And obviously, it's going to be really hard to put everybody into a world title match, which is why I thought the women's tag team titles were invented. But we're not giving them a chance. That's how I feel about it. But we, 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 we will see what happens from there. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens in the TLC match was just awesome. They kicked each other's ass. Kevin Owens sold like a hero. We've already talked about Jey Uso. I know people say, why did nobody come out to help Kevin Owens when basically it was a 2-1-1 match? And really, they'd made all this clear on Talking Smack where Kevin Owens was like, well, I betrayed so many people, nobody trusts me. And then, yes, of course, the caveat to that is, well, why did Daniel Bryan help you out a few weeks ago? It doesn't make sense. And it goes back into these changes that we should come up with. You know, maybe there's a stipulation or maybe it's just a, a comment from a commentator or something like that. You know, it are it is those little things that... If you don't care about who gives a crap anyway, but if you do, you feel rewarded for your time. But I'm not going to sit here and be a negative Nancy because, again, I thought the match was awesome. I thought it was really good. I think Roman Reigns is on fire. It's the character he was always meant to play. The only thing that sort of, you know, scrapes at my bones is imagine we had done all of this after he beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 33. Imagine he had come out and become the tribal chief uh, because he defeated the, the former chief, right? Oh, it would have just... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Better late than never, but better never late. I just love the whole thing. And they're going to do the cage match on SmackDown, which does work in terms of the story. If Jay Uso keeps getting involved and Kevin Owens wants to say, come on, man, put me in a cage, I can absolutely take it. I think the shame for both AJ Styles and Kevin Owens is that they're tremendous competitors. They are two of my favorite wrestlers. They deserve championship runs at some point if all the, all the stars align. But ultimately, they are... And I don't mean this as bad as it sounds, but they are filler opponents to get to whatever's next. Because you're not going to take it off Drew McIntyre. He only just won it back from Orton. And you're not going to take it off Roman because it would be a stupid idea right now. That whole thing fits his persona. It fits his character. But it did make for some really compelling television. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do on SmackDown, which is the idea. Just make me want to watch next week's show. Same with the Hurt Business and the New Day. I think the Hurt Business are probably the best thing about Raw right now, other than Drew McIntyre. Um, the New Day doing an interview saying they're going to win it back. Okay, would, you know, it's, it's been a WWE edict for a while that uh, you don't really give a shit when you... I don't swore, never swear, well. You don't really give a crap when you lose your titles. I remember John Cena used to come out and go, oh, well, <laughs> you're like, all right, why did I care? But it's not, it's really a small thing. It doesn't bother me at all, but I think it's fair to mention. But the Hurt Business winning, once again, it makes sense. They're your cool group. They look, they did some of these photos as we saw and uh, MVP won the, a jiu-jitsu tournament, so he had a medal as well. But it just looks great with Bobby Lashley as the US champ, Cedric and Shelton as the tag champs. And I'm hoping this story with Cedric Alexander is actually going to be a lifting off point for him and allow him to become the star that I thought he was always capable of being. Do not forget there was a time when he was just coming and going and disappearing. Now he has a set role and he has a spotlight put on him. I just don't want him to be kicked out of the group and then beaten up. In fact, he sh the group shouldn't do anything until WrestleMania at the earliest. So I really liked that. I thought it was really, really good. Those guys are always going to have good matches. They're just great tag teams. It, it, it's going to be rare. And I like the Orton Bray Wyatt stuff. I thought it was a fun match. I thought it was dumb. The fire always works. It makes for a great visual. I know they were chasing each other with axes. And I know there was a Reservoir Dogs moment when they put Randy on a chair and tried to set it on fire. But look, if you're going to do Goofy, do Goofy. Don't just step your toe in the water. I want you to throw yourself in the lake and swim around. And the ending was the ending. I thought we probably should have had an announcement when Bray Wyatt was set on fire the first time. And I also liked it on Raw when um, uh, it was said, I can't remember who said it now, but somebody said, well, I understand why Randy Orton sent Bray Wyatt on fire, but then he set him too much on fire. I was like, this is the stupidest, this is the stupidest stuff on, on the planet. But it, but it made me chuckle. So yeah, really good TLC show. Great pre-show matches were out of nowhere with all the guys. Um, disappointing Raw. I think we can... We, 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 we can we can agree on that. I think you've got to kill the 24-7 title stuff. That doesn't mean I want R-Truth to go anywhere. I'm not saying that in any way. I think R-Truth is awesome. I actually think if you want to give our either give our truth a, a good guy group or put him in the hurt business to feud with them i wouldn't be against that at all i'm just tired of random people running down and not doing anything that's just the truth of it uh, you know i just am i also think we should kill talk shows given that we had the vip lounge and Ms. Ms. tv um i also I, i'm a bit a bit baffled by 
Baffled's not the right word, but Angel Garza, right? Angel Garza is clearly a talented dude. Been off TV for ages, comes back, still doing the same gimmick, beats Drew Gulak, and that's all fine, but it's just so random. Like, it's just so random, and you're just like, commentators are acting like he hasn't been away, that doesn't make any sense either. It's not going to help, right? You have to, like, one of the best things about the Attitude Era, if we do want to talk about that time period, is that everybody had a story, and they all connect week to week, and it really gave you a reason to give a damn. I wouldn't say that I was massively into it, but when we were doing all the Rose promos and he's talking about this woman or whatever, I'm like, okay, okay, where's it going to go? And then it just stops, then it just comes back. You're like, man, it's not, you can't do that to me, man, because I will just naturally, uh, I'm, I don't know why I'm being so negative today, I don't mean to be. Well, there's just some glaring errors that, you know, we have to talk about, I believe. But you absolutely need to um, give it time and let it grow and let people invest. If you keep coming and going, coming and going, coming and going, it's like, if we were going to the gym together, right, and I told you I'll see you every day at 8 a.m. and then I don't turn up, you know, in a couple of weeks you're going to be like, well, I'm just going to assume you're not going to do it, so I'll disconnect. And it's the same with stories you see on your TV. It's why the retribution one is kind of difficult. Like, it is just members of the group beating up Ricochet. But at least it makes Retribution feel like a, a, a force, which is what they were meant to be to begin with. It doesn't help Ricochet at all. Ricochet did cut a very good promo on uh, Raw Talk, so I'm hoping something comes of this. I don't know why he would join them. I mean, if it ends with Mustafa Ali, it should end with Mustafa Ali versus Ricochet, and that would be a great match. But we just need to establish both guys a little bit better. And I don't really know what's going on with Jeff Hardy and Riddle. I mean, Riddle does entertain me. I do think he's very funny. But I don't think this is the kind of gimmick and character you're going to give someone that you want to push push massively. Which is the same with Elias and Jackson Riker. I mean, that just kind of ties into all the things we were talking about. It just happened, of course, because stuff just happens. He really liked Elias' music. <laughs> so he's just going to listen to it. All right. Oh, dear. It makes me laugh. Well, it's not. It's entertaining to a to, to to a certain degree. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's uh, <laughs> Raw's just nuts. SmackDown is flipping great, and Raw is just absolutely nuts. Uh, as it is Wednesday, of course, we have our two uh, Wednesday night shows. Obviously, we've got NXT and AEW. Really interesting ratings last week. I mean, I don't like talking about them too much because as fans, I don't think we have to. It's interesting from a statistical point of view, but I don't think we need to buy in too much because. What does it matter? We should want all wrestling shows to do as well as possible because that helps the wrestlers, which surely has to be our focus. But I thought AEW Dynamite had a... It was an okay show. It was decent coming off two weeks of excellent television, which I suppose has to happen, peak and troughs. And I still haven't got around to seeing NXT just because of the the state of the world. Uh, but they did a really good number, I thought. I know 18 to 49s, but I was surprised about how up they were. And it was, I would assume, because they advertised some matches that people wanted to see. Uh, but on tonight's AEW, and there are also spoilers out there already, so be careful. Thankfully, I've avoided them so far. Uh, we've got an interview with Sting, and I think that now we really need to understand what his motives are to get people kind of intrigued about it. Young Bucks taking on the Acclaim for the tag titles. I quite liked the Acclaim last week. Some people said they said some controversial things. I mean, you know, when you are taking notes and watching TV, some things do escape you. So I do need to go back and check that out. But do get in touch with me, Twitter, Instagram, at Simon316 if I did. Uh, Chris Jericho and MJF versus Top Flight. I don't think Top Flight are going to win, but I think they should. I think the fact that you've had some animosity between Jericho and MGF creates a way for them to make a mistake. I just think that AEW, understandably, would see it as too big a win for a, comp a tag team that's just come in. I suppose as long as they have a good showing, that's all that matters. Uh, Sheeta's going to have a match, which is good. Dustin Rhodes versus Evil Uno, as that story continues. And the Jungle Express taking on Colt Cabana and the Dark Order, which will also be quite good. You've got Pac versus The Butcher. Never going to say no to that. And Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford will announce their wedding date. Who knows what on earth it could be. In terms of NXT, I do know uh, you've got the... Uh, the, the tag match between, uh, I can't find it on the internet at the moment, which is why I'm trying to remember it. It's Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, and they are going to be taken on. Oh, why does my brain hate me so much? It's so obvious. Have I found it? Is this it here? No, this is, oh, this is it. There we go. Of course it is. They're taking on Only Lorkin and um, uh, Danny Birch. Of course they are. Thank you. Stupid brain. I think it's for the tag titles. I think it's a street fight. I think it's for the tag titles, and I know it's going to kick off the show. 
And I thought that NXT was smart to do that because they obviously feel like they are in a ratings war. So you need to bring people in. And by and large, people really like street fights. You're also going to get Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai. That's a really good match too. And you're going to get a very Gargano Christmas. And you're going to get Isaiah Scott versus Jake Atlas. And Bronson Reed comes back. Two very good shows on paper. I'll be intrigued to see you know, how they go. I need to have a huge session where I just catch up on NXT. But of course, I do AEW for what culture? So it just falls into my lap. And sometimes I get to the weekend and I'm like, just need a break. <laughs> I just need a break from wrestling. I'll always read the results, but that's never the same. You never get the emotion and you never get anything. Uh, you never get anything else. Outside of that, I don't think there's been much. I mean, sure, loads have been going on that I have forgotten about. We talked about Raw doing its worst rating ever. I take no pleasure in that, like some people. I want them to do well. Does the show deserve it? No, arguably, probably not at the moment. Whereas SmackDown went on um, FS1 and did over a million viewers, which compared to the 880,000, which they... Uh, yeah, which they usually do. I thought it goes to show that people are interested. They want to know where it's going to go. And even if it is being carried by Roman Reigns, that is kind of Roman Reigns' job. Just like you can argue it's Drew McIntyre's job on Raw. If you're the top guy of the company, that's how it used to work. I think that the way people um, react and watch TV is so different nowadays that you can't really say that it does go in that direction. But uh, there will still be that kind of mentality as makes perfect sense. And everything else has just been everything with, you know, Kenny Omega and Don Callis and Impact and AEW. I'm still enjoying it. I think, you know, it needs, it does have some direction because at Hard to Kill, we're getting, you know, Gallows and Anderson and Kenny Omega taking on, who the hell is it? It's Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns, right? Which is a match that, I mean, it's not a match that's going to pull in casuals, but if you're a hardcore fan, that really is something for you, which is why I find it strange when you get hardcore people going, well, it's not, it's not going to pull in any other fans. Why do you give a crap? They're literally giving you matches you've been desperate for years. What, you, what would you rather do? I don't understand it at all. Um, but I'm trying to think if I've forgotten anything that we probably should have talked about. I don't think so. I'm just randomly going through news stories now to see if anything pops up. No, I don't think there was. I think it's. I also think that in December... To me, now that TLC is done, most companies will... They won't hit a lull. That's not fair. But they do take their foot off the gas. And that's not exclusive to wrestling. That's just what we do. I mean, we know that WWE ramps up in January as they head to the Royal Rumble. And we know that NXT and AEW is going to do the same because NXT has evil, whatever, the New Year's evil. And then uh, AEW has the Holiday Bash or whatever the hell they're calling it. You know, they are... I think that's when they've got the Phoenix versus Kenny Omega match too. So, you know, they are deliberately wanting to kick off the new year with a bang. And I suppose lots of people just, I mean, maybe not this year, <laughs> given how crazy Christmas and the holiday season is going to be because of the pandemic. But, you know, most people settle back into a routine in January. And I think that's when both companies plan to do it. And I'm also hoping that's when WWE does this big reset I'm now starting to think that we've all been duped. Not even duped. Someone just made up a rumor and we were so desperate for it, we went with it. I think it's kind of crazy. Again, talking about the first week shows in January, WWE are doing a Legends Night. I could not believe that. You know, the, the law of diminishing returns is absolutely in effect here. Like, you can, you know, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, you know, all these guys are legends. I mean, Hulk Hogan, I think, is a very controversial character. We don't need to talk about it. Does it make me want to watch the show more? No. But again, I'm not the person they're trying to convince. I suppose, you know, they're trying to convince the people that have gone away. But I really hope they have got some kind of major angle or some kind of, okay, man, you know, let's reset the deck here so that if you are going to pop a little bit of an audience, you're going to keep them around. Because if you're not going to keep them around, there is literally no point. You know, going week to week is not going to change your fortunes going forward. Um which is why, you know, one of the matches we do have advertised for SmackDown is Big E versus Sami Zayn. In a lumberjack now for some mad reason. And Biggie has to win that as far as I'm concerned because we need some goodness around this uh, around this time of year. Well, we don't need it, but I just think it works well. And if nothing else, since the, been, you know, since the New Day broke up, Biggie hasn't really done anything. I hate saying it because I love, I love him. I love him so much, but he's just kind of been treading water. And again, it's one of those situations where you don't really need... Sami Zayn to lose it either because Sami Zayn is just so flipping good but you know pick and choose pick and choose and if Big E is going to be the bigger of the two <laughs> ironic then that's what you need to do talking of Sami Zayn as well we've got the Slammies this weekend I think it's December the 23rd it's today it's today I thought it was the weekend at 10 a.m. ET so you may look by the time you even hear this podcast it may have already happened uh, I love the Slammies and I'm, I'm just going to run through the categories in case you care because some of them are really funny some of them are so confusing because you get 
Superstar of the Year, and then I think you get Men's Superstar of the Year. Well, that's not here, actually. I'm just going to read the ones that are on their webpage. Maybe they've changed it. Anyway, Superstar of the Year is Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, Oscar, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becca Lynch, Charlotte Flair. I think you have to give it to Drew McIntyre, you know, given everything he's done over the last two months. Match of the Year, and there's a lot. Probably too many. <laughs> I think we probably should have held this down. But you've got the Undertaker AJ Styles Boneyard match, New Day versus the Hurt Business uh, from Raw in November, uh, Edge versus Randy Orton, the greatest wrestling match ever, the Men's Raw Rumble, AJ versus Daniel Bryan, the Intercontinental Tournament Finals, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso in Hell in a Cell, Sasha Banks in Bailey versus versus Bailey in Hell in a Cell, AJ versus Sammy versus Jeff Hardy TLC match, Drew McIntyre versus Raymond Reigns at Survivor Series, and Becky Lynch versus Oscar at the Raw Rumble. Uh, it's not really fair to do the Becky Lynch match because that was in front of fans. So, of course, and the Royal Rumble. Although saying that, I think the Royal Rumble would be my shout. Let's take out the Royal Rumble and, and Becky Lynch versus Oscar because anything with fans is better. Edge versus Randy Orton will be up there. The, do you know what? I'd give it to the Boneyard match. And I think I'd give it to the Boneyard match because, I mean, it's not a real match. But I had so... I didn't know what it was going to be. And because WWE sometimes goes a little bit mad with the goofiness, as the tad concerned, but ultimately they smashed it. They, it was absolutely brilliant. So yes, I think I'd give it to them. Uh, rivalry of the year, Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Edge versus Randy Orton. Sasha Banks versus Bailey. R-Truth versus the world. Oh dear. Lana versus announce tables. Also, oh dear. I mean, Sasha Banks versus Bailey for me, hands down. Long, thought out, popped ratings. Everybody loved it. Um, I didn't even mind they did a one-and-done match. Again, going back to what we talked about earlier, come back to it as and when makes sense. Yeah, loved it. Tag Team of the Year, Golden Roll, Models, Nia Jackson, Shayna, New Day, Street Profits, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. I would give it to the Golden Roll Models, but I'll give it to the Street Profits instead. I do think the Street Profits need a little bit of a shake-up and they need some proper feuds, but they are a great team. They really are. And I love the fact they feel like a team. You know, it's good. And Return of the Year, Edge, Roman Reigns, MVP, Goldberg, or Sami Zayn. Well, MVP deserves a shout-out for kind of saving the career of three people and just being better than everybody thought. But you can't be Edge, right? That was one of those moments. One of those moments which makes me very intrigued about the Royal Rumble 2001. 2001? 2021. What the hell are they going to do if there's no fans? It won't be as bad as I was first expecting because, of course, we have the Thunderdome where we can pipe in cheers. But the Royal Rumble without that organic, hate that word, and visceral reaction is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be. But look, there's far worse things going on in the world. So I suppose we will just wait and see. Uh, I hope I haven't forgotten anything. I try not to. And now, of course, we'll move on to questions. Some people ask where you can ask questions. I usually just throw a tweet out at some point on a Wednesday at SimonMiller316 on Twitter. So go out there, find it. I'll ask as many as I can. I can't ask them all because I think we'd be here all day. Or maybe I can if that's what you want. And you can just, I mean, I always say ask anything wrestling related, but people just ask whatever the hell they want anyway. But if you do want to get involved, give me a follow on there. And then if I see it, you'll get on. And our first question comes from Dari, who says, who is your early shout out for the money in the bank winner? Sami Zayn's gimmick is made for holding the briefcase. Well, I'm never going to be against Sami Zayn doing anything. However... You've got to give it to someone who's going to cash it in and win the world title, right? It's been way too long. And you don't want to keep doing that because it will head in the wrong direction after a while. People will get bored of it. So I can't think who that could be off the top of my head. It depends who the world champions are at the time. It depends who we want to push. Again, to me, Otis would have been a fine a fine candidate, you know, if I was answering this question last year. Should he have beaten Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre? Arguably not. Which I guess kind of goes against what I just said. But, you know, a proper, just a proper use of it would have been better. So I really, really can't think. I mean, if you, Big E would be a good shout. Um, I think sometimes it's better a bad guy does have it, which is, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. And the point, reason why I don't know is I'm thinking of guys that I hope get massive, yeah, get used massively in 2021, but then worry if they actually get the money in the bank briefcase, it just means they're going to lose the title match and you don't want to do that. You really need a sneaky win next year. So actually you want someone like The Miz, <laughs> but not The Miz. Give it to John Morrison instead. And the man Shugo says, hey, Simon, happy Hanukkah. Thanks, man, and wishing you well. With Impact and AEW partnering up, what are a few possible feuds you would love to see? Well, I want to see Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan, And I want to see... Uh, probably the Young Bucks versus Gallows and Anderson. Although that may work kind of in a different fashion. But all those kinds of things, I think, would be really interesting. All the ones that you would expect, like John Moxley versus Sammy Callahan, that would absolutely rock. And I know that Sammy Callahan wants that. 
Um, there'll be other people I'm not even thinking about right now. I mean, Diola Prazzo versus Thunder Rosa or Diola Prazzo versus Shida, I think would be really, really good. There's a lot of good talent there. You could even do Tommy Dreamer versus... Oh, man, who could Tommy Dreamer take on that would just be hilarious? Joey Janela, right? Or you could do Moose versus... Oh, man, Moose could fight people too. A Cody? He'd be pretty good, right? There's a lot of good... There's a lot of interest there. There really, really, really is. Matt Moore says, Miller's dream match. I want to know the competitors, the stipulation, the belt, the referee, the announcements, and the commentators. <laughs> also, a side note, just want to wish you and all your listeners a great Christmas and a many festive returns. That is very nice of you, Matt. Man, that's a hard one. Let me do my best. So the competitors would be, well, it'd be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, let's do a triple threat. Let's do a, let's do a four-way. Let's, <laughs> let's do a four-way. It'd be Bret Hart versus Ric Flair versus Stone Cold Steve Austin versus let's throw somebody nuts into the mix. The Macho Man Randy Savage. The stipulation would be, well, the belt would be the WWF Winged Eagle title from what the mid-90s or whenever it was. The stipulation would be an elimination match. So you get down to just two, because I think that would be better. The referee would be Mike Kyoda. Uh, the announcer would be Howard Finkel, who else? And the commentator would be good old Jim Rosh, Tony Schiavone, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, man, that came quite quite easily to me. Thanks, Brain. I appreciate it. Anonymous Nobody. You're not a nobody, my friend, says, What do you think needs to happen in order for WWE Games to return to their former glory? Good question. Because I didn't think WWE 2K19 was all that bad. WWE 2K20, we know. But WWE 2K19, much like WWE itself, kind of felt like... Uh, something we've already played before, right? It felt like we were just going through the motions. And I did think it was a decent game. I just think we need new ideas, which is a shame that Battlegrounds didn't do better than, than I was hoping. But we need new ideas. We need... We just need to scrap the engine and start again because I'm pretty sure it's still built on the same engine that we, we, we've been using for the last 20 years. It's difficult. You want a wrestling game, much like Fire Pro, where you can either have a fight like you're actually having a fight but you could also simulate pro wrestling which is you know it's kind of what wrestling is to begin with a simulation and it just needs to be fun right and the moves need to feel like they're impactful one of the issues i've had with the 2k series not just the 2k series the thq games too is that some of the moves didn't feel as massive as they did on no mercy and wrestlemania 2000 i know boring boring but if i hit somebody with a power bomb or a power drive i want to go oh my gosh i can't believe it and they need to bring back little things. Like, and here comes the pain. You could interrupt. Like, even though The Rock would go for his people's elbow and you get the cinematic camera angles, if you got in the ring, you could still attack him. You know, they did their animation. They didn't go into this scripted animation that you can't break up. You know, you have to be able to do that in a wrestling game because it makes for, you know, so much fun. Uh, generic podcast host 511 that says, are there any days when you dread watching wrestling? I got so deflated by Raw on Monday. And when that happens, I usually take a break. Since you have to cover over six hours of wrestling each week, do you dread it? And if so, how do you overcome it? It's got to be more than six hours. I mean, Raw is three. SmackDown is five total. Impact is two. So that's seven. And it's nine with Dynamite. Um, wow, I watch nine hours of wrestling a week. And with a pay-per-view, that's basically 12. <laughs> <laughs> Miller, do more shows. Come on. Um, I mean, there's no days that I dread it. But here's the thing, right? When I watch wrestling, it, there's goods and bads as always. But the good and the good that outweighs everything else is that because I know I get to take all my thoughts, fashion them into some kind of video, and then throw it out there into the world where people also react and feedback, that is a great way to keep you motivated and a great way to keep you inspired. It makes it really fun. Like my enjoyment now isn't necessarily watching to be entertained by the show, but what I can do to then entertain, hopefully, other people. But there, it's like any other job, right? Some days do I sit down and I think, man, like there was a weekend where I think there was an AEW show on a Saturday and an NXT show on a Sunday and something else. By the end of that one, I was like, I never want to watch wrestling again because <laughs> you can have too much of a good thing. I always say this. If, you, if some people go, oh, I can have sex for seven hours. No, you couldn't. Your penis is going to be red raw. And after about two, you're going to be done. And that's the same with everything in life. Uh, Patrick says, why are the NXT call-up failings? Because Vince McMahon controls the main roster and he doesn't know about these people. He doesn't need to know about these people. He looks at them, he judges them based on what he deems, on his own merits, I suppose I should say. And that's that. And will it ever change? I hope so. Does it make the NXT feeder system sometimes a little bit ridiculous? Because, you know, why, why build up all that tenure and then just eliminate it? Absolutely. But that's why. And that's why it keeps happening. It's up to Vince McMahon and he doesn't see anything in you. I mean, who is the most successful call-up from NXT over the last few years? A Sasha Banks? A Bailey? 
Uh, Drew McIntyre, I guess Drew McIntyre would be the number one, but he wasn't an NXT guy. You know, he'd already been claimed or, or, or you know, dubbed the chosen one by Vince McMahon years ago. He just had to go around the houses before he got back to it. Uh, David Lynch, who will be the first to do the AEW Grand Slam tag TNT and World? Well, I would have said Cody, but if he's going to stick to his stipulation, I will say John Moxley. I think John Moxley could probably go after the TNT title at some point, and that would work, and I can see him getting into a tag team. I'm going with the Mox. Adam says, how long does it take to film each video, editing them, uploading them, and linking them? Oh, it all depends. Like, Raw is a beast because you've got three hours of watching and then scripting and recording. And yeah, probably six to eight hours, I would say. Um, Obviously, SmackDown is about an hour less. A Y video takes a long time because I like to research. I like to read. Retro ups and downs is the one that I think takes the most at the moment. I did a just the recording for uh, retro ups and downs. I know that they're like 25 minutes on the on, on the website. But um, yeah, that one. Oh, it took, it, was, it took me well over an hour to film, though, because there was so much to, to do and everything like that. It's a lot of I said this before, like you don't have to like my stuff. You can think I'm a pile of crap. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But I will always give 100% effort. Always, 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 always. That means so much to me. Um, <laughs> clearly, some people disagree. Amy says, much criticism has been made online as Legends Night being a ratings grab. Aside from The Rock or Steve Austin, what past wrestlers from any era would need to appear for people who haven't watched in years to tune in? Well, I'm pretty sure if Macho Man Randy Savage was on the show, people would tune in because they'd be like, uh, how is this happening? But I think you've smashed it right on the head there, Amy, if that was your intent, is that we've done, we've overdone it. We've run everything into the ground. There's a Goldberg. Um, Sting worked on AEW because, of course, the TNT connection. And he would have worked if he came back to WWE. Sting has protected his character very well. Um, but yeah, Goldbergs have run to the ground. Hulk Hogan we've seen. Ric Flair we've seen. Um, you know, I mean, who are the biggest stars ever? The Rock, absolutely. Stone Cold, absolutely. But you've mentioned them. They will always transcend everything. Hulk Hogan isn't the star that he once was due to the controversy that we also talked about earlier. Ric Flair's pretty much on every week anyway. He was on Raw last week watching his daughter. So that's why he doesn't feel like a big enough deal. And then, you know, a lot of the other ones have passed away, which is very unfortunate. But there aren't any other super duper major stars that you can bring back. You know, there are niche ones that make it exciting. I guess Goldberg was the last one. But again, he's just another guy now. It's not his fault. That's just what happened. So there isn't anybody, which is why we should stop going back to the legends, in my humble opinion. The Emperor says, talking Survivor Series, do you think it would be better tradition to have members of each roster fight for control of their respective shows for a week? I think it was done in 05, love your work. Thank you. I think it needs some stipulation. As long as you sell it to me well, I'll be able to buy into it. But yeah, but the major issue I have with Survivor Series most years is, where are we, like three, four weeks after it? And no one cares about that brand supremacy thing at all. And if stories don't have fallout and resolution... Why would you care next year around? If they do Raw versus SmackDown again in 2021, I'd be like, well, I know how this is going to go. So I'll care a little bit less than I did this year. So yes, if they could do that, or it ties into the Raw Rumble or a world title match, I think that would rock. Uh, Adita says, what are your thoughts on the recent Raw ratings? And do you think it will lead to any significant changes in long run programming? Well, I always want ratings to do well. I want people to watch wrestling. I think that makes the shows better. But I can see why people aren't, because we've already talked about it. They do feel very rinse, wash, repeat. We need some freshness. We need some brand new stars. And that's the talking about significant changes. You need stars. Wrestling is a star-making business. And Roman Reigns is a star, but he's been around for a long time. You need somebody else to... to and also, he's been mishandled <clears throat> for most of his run. You need someone else to smash on. The last star was John Cena. And the last biggest star before that was Stone Cold Steve Austin The Rock. You have mini ones in there, like Brock Lesnar, but... He wasn't at the level of of everybody else. And also, he had a very specific agenda, right? He didn't want to do the uh, uh, 24-7, 365 schedule. That was the whole point. So that's the main thing. You know, pick a guy and or a girl, obviously. Sorry, sometimes I say guy, but I shouldn't do that. Pick a wrestler and push him to the moon. It's not necessarily going to work, but you should absolutely do your best with it. My man Ross says, Hangman Page seems to be joining the Dark Order. Eventually he's going to leave, as that's obvious. But do you think Hangman could be a way to get some members out of the Dark Order with him, like John Silver, for example? Absolutely, right? You, this goes back to what we were just talking about. You always need to have these changes on the horizon. So hell yeah, why not do that? Why not come up with some kind of uh, uh, 
system where Dark Horse is able to save some people from the Dark Order, especially now, because Alex Reynolds and John Silver feel like stars on their own. And that's the whole reason, both in storyline and outside of storyline, why they joined. I hope they do do that. I think if they pulled it off, it would be very impressive. Be positive. With the end of 2020 here, which superstar do you think had the best year in the following wrestling companies? WWE is Drew McIntyre. AEW would be John Moxley. Uh, Impact, I probably would say, would be either Rich Swan or Eric Young, just because Eric Young had such a good comeback. But Moose would be in there too, because I didn't like it at the time, but I was massively incorrect. His feud with EC3 really did turn into a main event guy again. Uh, NXT... I mean, Finn Balor, I've enjoyed a lot, but he was sort of, you know, he's a big deal. Yeah, pro se Finn Balor. Who else had a really good... Uh, Damian Priest, you know, I'll say. I think Damian Priest has really come into his own. NXT UK is Walter. Walter is ridiculous. Walter could smash it anywhere if he so wanted to. Um, Doug says, given the potential raw reset, who on the roster should be pushed the hardest? They all should be pushed the hardest. Everybody. Because that's the way you know who's going to connect. So Otis, Chad Gable, Cesaro, I'd put him in a singles. Um, Keith Lee, I may have said that already. Angel Garza, and we could be here all day. And I'll forget somebody too, but uh, all those guys, absolutely all those guys. Um, Coated, I hope that's right, says, how do you see American wrestling spreading over to the other parts like India? Well, actually, it's, WWE is massive in India. That's where a lot of their YouTube views come from. And I think they've just signed a big TV deal. And also, if you go back to sort of the Bret Hart days, you can see him doing tours of India, and he's like a, he's like a hero. So I, th- I think I could be wrong. You know better than I may be. But from my vantage point, it is quite big. But again, I could be massively incorrect because I don't live in India. Uh, Niall, would casting finishes as the actual finish of a match be good for modern wrestling? What would be a good finish besides a surprise roll-up? There's nothing wrong with a surprise roll-up I want to make out. They just overdid it massively in 2020. But yes, I think the whole WrestleMania kink- kick-out thing now has, has run its course. And... You just have to dial it back now. You just do. It's just, it's obvious. And we've got to the point now where we don't actually expect finishes to be finishes. And when you get there, it's no longer a finisher. And we're living in some kind of paradox. Wrestle Graps, what is WWE's biggest most opportunity within the past five years? Honestly, the Daniel Bryan comeback? <laughs> I'm just going to say that. He was a heel within like a month. Makes no sense. Low blow pro wrestling. How long do you think until the fiend returns and in what form? My guess is a crispy fiend right in time for the next KFC uh, sponsored pay-per-view. Could happen. I would hold it off to the Royal Rumble. I think then you get a really good, maybe even wins the Royal Rumble. I don't know, but I think that would be a good return. It all depends on what this character is going to be. But yes, it's six weeks minimum, but it won't be. He probably will be back next week. Uh, Barnsley says, was the Firefly Inferno match the greatest Inferno match of all time? Do you know what? Actually, it probably was Barnsley, yes. Because <laughs> a lot of them are just guys looking at each other and trying not to be set on fire. So yeah, you're probably right. I didn't think about that. I would agree with you. Uh, Luke, who out of Angel Garza, Cesaro, or Chad Gable would you prefer being pushed into the world title picture? All of them are way underutilized, but only one can get the push. Well, I give it to Cesaro just because he's got the size and therefore I would believe that WWE would stick with him. Um, if I did one, two, three at the moment, it'd be Cesaro one, Chad Gable two, and Angel Garza three. Chad Gable has mad potential. Like he could easily be world champion. You just got to portray him like a Kurt Angle. I don't know why they don't. It's kind of crazy. Fraud. If the current state of Arsenal Football Club was a wrestler, who would it be and why? Here's why. I always like it when people do my catchphrase. That sounded sarcastic. I actually meant it. Uh, the Miz, I guess, because you know you're always being talked about and you have opportunities but then you <laughs> you screw it up for people that aren't into football slash soccer Arsenal are my team and they are not doing well they're not doing well at all and for all those people that mess me going Arsenal are rubbish they seem to forget I don't care it's just like wrestling it's just football I watch it to be entertained do I want Arsenal to do well of course but I'm not gonna let it ruin my life what's the point no point watching Hash Brown says, couple of questions, Simons. What is your match of the year? It's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, the Boneyard match, Stadium Stampede, I like the goofiness, as you know. Uh, that tag match between Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and the Bucks, I did think rocked. Um, there's other ones as well that you wouldn't even consider a good match in terms of me enjoying it. Like the, the TNT title, Brody Lee Cody. I was so shocked by that. I, I, I remember afterwards I was buzzing. I'll have to, I think we'll do an end of year awards thing and I'll tell you then because I really need to think about it. Although wrestler of the year would be Drew McIntyre or John Moxley. Cinematic match of the year would be the Boneyard match and uh, my one wish in 2021 in the wrestling business. Well, I don't wish anything. I'm not wasting my wish if a genie pops out of a lamp. I'm not wasting, <laughs> wasting that on wrestling. 
But I do hope that WWE goes through a little bit of a creative reset process. Yes, I think it would be fun. I think it would especially be enjoyable for us fans that are going to watch regardless. I know that sounds, that's not the point, right? But I think we'd all appreciate that. And just to see what AEW is going to do. The fact that they have done so well in, and WWE, but obviously AEW is a new company. The fact they have done so well during a pandemic, I don't think any of us saw that coming. And they really, really have. Like They really, really have. Uh, Hooch of Ringsiders <laughs> says, no question, just Merry Christmas from the Ringsiders pod. Hopefully get a chance to speak with you next year. Keep up the great work, mate. Well, that's very, very nice. And shout out to the Ringsiders pod. Go check them out at Ringsiders pod on Twitter. Patrick says, if the improbable happened and WWE were up for a limited crossover with AEW, keep dreaming, my friend, what would your ideal matches be? Omega versus Reigns, for example. I'd love to see a fatal four-way with Shida... Uh, Shida Shirai, Oscar, and Baker. That would be very good. Put Rhea Ripley in that too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd like to see Omega versus Seth Rollins. I think they're cut from the same cloth, and I think that would be awesome. Uh, Roman Reigns, I'd like to see take on uh, probably a Cody. I would say John Moxley, but that's ridiculous. Uh, who, I mean, who else is there? I mean, again, this is something you need to sit down and look at. I mean, the New Day versus the Young Bucks, obviously, that would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, a Darby Allen versus a Jeff Hardy, because there's, you know, there's similarities there. Um, a Brian Cage versus who could Brian? Who's a, who's a big tank dude? Maybe a Keith Lee. They must have worked on the indie scene before. Oh man, there's loads. It would be amazing, but it is never going to happen. Mark, how would you make Raw more adult friendly, like the USA Network supposedly wants? Well, I don't agree with this. It is adult friendly. Do you want to see people set on fire and die by being thrown off roofs? I don't think it's adult friendly. I think. When we talk about mature content, people think it means saying the F word or the S word. It doesn't. It means telling compelling stories that you may have to have an adult brain to be able to comprehend. So that's what I would like to see more of. Just more depth when it comes to storytelling. And it's not an easy thing to do. Like telling stories is really, really hard, even though a lot of the tropes are going to be the same. But that's the whole point. How do you make them feel fresh and original? And WWE's kind of done everything. But that's what I would like to see. I think those are, anytime you can emotionally tap into somebody, you've got them, right? Hook, line, and sinker. David, who do you think may win the men and women Royal Rumbles matches next month? And it's a fairer question because it's so soon. I'm going to go with Keith Lee and Bianca Belair. I think that makes the most sense. I think they deserve it's always an interesting term but you know what i mean i think that they would both benefit benefit from it massively and i think they're ready for for that kind of a step michael gray what's your favorite movie and why is it 12 rounds two i've never seen it you know never once seen it um where am i going now james says how long until aew overtakes raw completely in the ratings i think before the end of 2021 i mean i really don't know um, what I hope happens is I hope Raw starts doing millions and I hope AEW starts doing millions and I hope NXT starts doing millions and I hope everyone starts doing millions. I'm just that kind of a guy, also known as an asshole. Joshua says, hey, Simon, hope you're doing well this holiday season. What would be a wrestling hot take that you have? Fans are way too into ratings too much. <laughs> but you're allowed. You are allowed. Yanni says, which particular championship reign of the Macho Man was the most eventful and char characteristic of his career? Um, well, it's got to be with the mega powers imploding, right? Every, I mean, that is one of the greatest stories that WWE has ever told, or the WWF as it was then. If you have never watched that, go on the WWE Network, and if you can try and string everything together, they do make it very hard. That whole thing is just awesome. I love the Macho Man Randy Savage. It sounded like he was nuts outside the ring, but what kind of wrestler wasn't, right? Absolutely bonkers, but he is the best. Jordan, what's your least favorite match stipulation? Um, I don't think I really have a, one I don't like. Least favorite match stipulation. I'm a bit bored of Hell in a Cell, which is a terrible thing to say, but only because we do it once a year and we're just sort of, you know, pigeonholed. But I don't really hate any stipulations. It all depends about how who's, who's in it in the execution, you know? Pile Driver Podcast says, no question, just sending our love to our favorite multimedia man. That's very kind. Right back at you, Pile Driver Podcast. Caleb says, would you wrestle in Japan or America for an extended period of time? But the catch is you'd have to take residence there because of it. Absolutely, my friend. Can you imagine what an incredible opportunity that would be? And how the hell I pulled that one off, I don't know. But yes, absolutely. Uh, Eleanor says, how would you improve Raw if you were able to? We've kind of talked about that. Make it a good show. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Uh, Chris Butter says, do you ever have time to watch MLW? Well, uh, going back to what we said earlier, unfortunately not. I always do. I'm always aware of these things. And I always do keep an eye on, um, you know, things that are going on and wrestlers and so on and so forth. But I really don't have the time in my life to watch any more wrestling. As much as I would be fine with if I did. Uh, but, but I don't. Uh, Hex says... 
Who would you want to be your partner for the tag team sexy muscle friends? And what's your tag team finisher called? Well, the tag team finisher has got to be something like... I can't even think of anything now. Sexy, sexy muscle friends. So something like the pump pile driver, <laughs> the pump power bomb, or something like that. And who would I want my tag team partner to be? I don't know. Maybe I'll open up for for auditions. As I, I said this on my Twitter, I thought that was so funny, sexy with muscle friends. Like when the wrestling world starts again over here in the UK, I'm a wrestler in case you care. I want to start the tag team sexy muscle friends. And I would be super, super happy about it. So yeah, auditions in now. I'll be waiting. Uh, Linda D, Linda, good to see you. Who do you think can be the breakout star in 2021? D- has MJF broken out? I was thinking this the other day. I was doing an ups and downs for AEW video. I was like, he's kind of broken out, right? But maybe he hasn't because he's not like the top guy of the company, although they are building him to it. So I think him, I think Britt Baker, I think Thunder Rosa has something. Uh, Keith Lee always has that kind of potential. Riddlewood as well, depending on how you portray him. Uh, Bianca Belair would be in that category too. There's a lot of people. They just need the right storyline and they need a rocket strapped to them to the moon. Uh, Mark Whitaker, what are your thoughts on receipts and how to deal with toxic roster members? Uh, a receipt for anyone that doesn't know is basically when you accidentally hit someone and they hit you back to say, don't do that. I think it all depends on the context, right? If you're hitting someone and they ask you to stop and you don't, maybe it's deserved. I would never do it. And uh, no one's actually ever done it to me. I don't think they may have done it and not told me. Uh, I think given that it's a performance and you're working together, maybe it's a little bit archaic would be my gut thing. And in terms of toxic toxic roster members, it certainly sounds like today you don't really get that. That was much more of a thing back in the past, which is good. I remember reading a book when I was a kid and I wanted to be a wrestler. And I remember reading about some of the the backstage escapades. And I was worried. I was like, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to survive in that kind of environment because I'm just not that type of person. Whereas nowadays, it seems very much like something I would uh, be able to exist in and maybe even thrive. Who knows? Karloff, was there ever a moment in a match that made you want to stop wrestling altogether? Dude, so many. Like Mae Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> Katie Vick. We could be uh, loads. I don't know why I don't quit. I have taken breaks from every now and then. <laughs> so funny. JE, why is evolution such a mystery? Oh, what's the next line? Something, something no one sees. Damn it. I should have known that one. Oh, well. Luke says, do you ever think we'll see the Demon Balor again? I hope so. And I hope they do it better than before. Because I think when he got to the main roster, they really ruined it. Just like, oh, here he is. I didn't like it. You need a story. You do. Dr. X, who is the best wrestler of all time? And why is it Simon Dean? I did like Simon Dean. It hurts me these days when people say he sucked. I I enjoyed him. It's like when people say they didn't like D'Lo Brown's chest protector. I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, SFA, what's your least favorite retro ups and downs? Oh, the December to Dismember one. That is a shockingly bad show. Shockingly bad. Uh, Daniel says, what match or event do you wish you could have seen live? Uh, probably Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 17. I think that would have been pretty damn, pretty damn incredible. And we will do one more. I'm randomly going to scan through all of them to make sure everybody gets a chance. And we will do... I saw one, but I can't answer it. So I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> a lot of people saying Merry Christmas. Well, Tom says, where is Alistair Black? Dude, if only if only I knew. People talking about murder, which usually be weird, but WWE has made this happen. So we will go with... Uh, hey, that's a good one. Pinworth, what's your favorite WrestleMania and why? I won't say WrestleMania 17 because it's a boring answer. So I will say WrestleMania... Hang on. Let me look this up before I say this because I think I have one. And I think it always surprises me when I do watch it. But I want to make sure. No, I do agree. WrestleMania 19, right. I'm sure there'll be better ones. Actually, no, I've just looked through it. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. The reason I like it so much is because Hulk Hogan versus Vince McMahon is so much better than it ever should be. It is such a flipping fun match. It's ridiculous. Um, the Rock defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin for obvious reasons. But that Brock Lesnar-Cat Angle match is a five-star match apart from the ending. Like, it's really, really good. As is the triple threat tag team match, which is Team Angle taking on Chris Benoit and Rano taking on Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero. Love that. I love that match so much. It is so much fun. But there's so much bollocks on it too I forgot about. Like, you've got Triple H and Booker T. You've got Undertaker with, without Nathan Jones <laughs> taking on Big Show and A-Train. So I'm not going to say that. I don't know. The problem with WrestleManias is, like, WrestleMania 18 is a really, really good show. But Triple H versus Chris Jericho is not that great. Uh, they just threw Jazz, Lita, and Trish Stratus out there to die after The Rock and Hogan, which is awesome. you got that Four Corners elimination match, which isn't great. You know, Stone Cold defeating Scott Hall. But Edge versus Booker T, despite a short, a stupid story, is 
Um, it's a good match. And The Undertaker defeating Ric Flair, for me, seeing those two guys in there is just, is just great. So you, it, the problem with WrestleMania is, is you can, apart from WrestleMania 17, which is pretty much amazing, 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 amazing. Maybe WrestleMania 15 isn't a bad one either. But again, you look through it and it's not all that great. Had Kane defeating Triple H by disqualification. I don't even remember that. Because WrestleMania 13 comes to mind as well. But again, when you get that up, I'm saying WrestleMania 13 because of the Bret Hart Stone Cold Steve Austin match. But Undertaker versus Psycho Sid, no. Ahmed Johnson, the Legion of Doom taking on the nation, no. <laughs> Triple H and Goldust was all right, I think. But Rocky Maivia defeats the Sultan. <laughs> Billy Gunn beats Flash Funk. I think I'll have to say it's WrestleMania 17. It was, a, I, it was a good question, terrible answer on my behalf. Uh, and on that note, we will wrap it up. I do intend to do a podcast next week. We will. It may not be Wednesday, but one will definitely uh, definitely go up. I think I have a dental appointment next Wednesday. My teeth have been a bit sore. Um, but yeah, one will definitely go up. But in the meantime, yes, going back to what we said at the start, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your effort. Uh, thank you so much for just supporting me. Like, if you don't support me, I would vanish into dust. Not like I'm going to die, but in terms of my internet persona, and I do not want that. Shout out to pinsandknuckles.com as well for always supporting the show. I appreciate them. And yes, if you do want to support me in any other means, and you certainly don't have to, going back to the start, but patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316 or 316. Uh, SimonMiller316 on Instagram and Twitter. Check out my YouTube channel, Simon Miller. Kind of venturing into vloggy stuff now. So if you did want sort of a behind-the-scenes look into my life, to a certain extent, you you kind of can. I kind of sold that terribly. But check it out all the same. And uh, simonmiller.bigcartel.com for merchandise. Uh, postal times from the UK at the moment are insane. Like, they're not even delivering into Europe. That's actually changed today. But for the last few days, they weren't. But everything will go in the post. And if it doesn't arrive, just drop me a line. Uh, there's, a, there's an email in my bio. And uh, I'll get back to you. I will always make sure you get what you're paid for. But again, thank you so much. Have a great Christmas. Have a great holiday season or however you celebrate. I know there are some rules that are affecting people. And I hope nobody is brought down too much. Remember, take a step back. It is just another day, all things considered. You will be absolutely fine. And hopefully we can have a better 2021. Take care. And I'll talk to you again soon.